0: This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Raising teens alone can be brutal. It becomes easier when you are co-parenting with the universe. Welcome to Co-Parenting with the Universe. This is Muriel, your host, and today I have a guest. And as we're talking a lot about parenting, my guest, you will see, is can relate to what we're doing here because she is speaking a lot about reparenting the inner child with EFT. Her name is Nico Anagin, and she's the founder of the HeartShine EFT Method, and I'm delighted to have her here because I love inner child work. Hi, Nico. How are you?
1: I am so well. Thank you. And I'm so pleased to be
0: here. Thanks for having me. I'm happy to have to have you here. I heard you in other podcasts, so I, I really wanted to have you here as well. Um, before we go into your method and into the details, how did you discover EFT? What brought you to it?
1: Yes, yes. Um, well, you know, I discovered EFT in a really funny way. It was several years ago, um, 2015. And I just got this random email in my inbox from Nick Ortner. I don't know how I got on the list for the tapping solution, honestly. And I opened it and I just started tapping on a video with Nick Ortner. And um even though it was a it was tapping for like finances or something, but I had this like incredible response. Like, you know, I just felt this breakthrough and I started crying, but it was like that kind of crying when you it feels good. And I was like, what is this stuff, you know? And I mean, I've been in the, the field of healing and, and holistic stuff for 27 years so you know I've done every kind of energy modality and yoga and massage and like everything but I had not actually experienced EFT before so what happened was I because I had that you know that profound experience I bought the course and I just started tapping as tapping, tapping 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 like every day and I realized that what happened was I actually was experiencing a relief from anxiety in general. And I have been, um, I have been diagnosed with a panic disorder a few years before. And I've been like, just kind of trying to manage a panic disorder. So EFT basically helped me. And I I will will say like completely cure because I mean, you know, anxiety is something that that you still manage, but, but it took me to a level of like, I realized what it could feel like
0: to not have constant anxiety. And it was incredible isn't it amazing when you finally get to you don't have anxiety and you're like wait wait a minute that's how i'm supposed to feel <laughs> that's amazing what is it feeling <laughs> yes yes uh, i discovered eft with uh, nick nick ortner too and the tapping solution and uh, it was really life-changing I, I bought that same program that you bought and it oh, was funny. really amazing yes. um so I think it was not random. Uh, in my circles, we talk about the universe a lot and uh, it was definitely the universe guiding you to discover that that technique. Um, I know that you're using the technique in a very particular way. And my goal here is really to show my audience as many, people who as many practitioners as possible with as many styles and as many approaches. So I would love if you could explain a little bit how you use EFT in your business. Yes, absolutely. Yes.
1: So yeah, because my EFT journey has been very interesting because after I did the course and the, you know, the the tapping solution, I just went all in and I got certified and I was already a life coach. But I just started using tapping exclusively. And um, I got my certification first with not EFT Universe, but another organization. And so I was doing that for a while. And I was working with people with anxiety. So that was like my first niche. Um, And then I decided I wanted to take my studies deeper. And I ended up signing up for energy psychology certification with EFT Universe, which at the time, that's what EFT was a part of. Okay. so I did that program and when I went into that program I I went so much deeper and I, I went into like parts work and things because I don't know I don't know if you know that in energy psychology we do something called parts work and the inner
0: child is a part of self right it's, it's like archetypes it's is it what it is or similar to working with inner archetypes or it's
1: similar, but it's really very simple on that. It's a parts of self are just parts of yourself okay. that could be anything. Okay, the critic, the, the bully, yeah. the inner child, the scared inner child. Yeah. So um, I started doing this parts work and using EFT with parts work, but the real, the real huge profound thing that happened to me that set the course of the direction of my niche that I'm in now, was that I realized, um, for myself personally, that I had narcissistic trauma, and I ended up working with a therapist that didn't do EFT, but he did inner child work, specifically this technique of reparenting, and I started working with him, and he let me tap while we were working together, even though he didn't tap, and I ended up having such profound, deep healing with this inner child work and reparenting that I adapted my EFT practice to use parts work to reparent the inner child. And then I started using it with my clients and I started realizing how that this the key to truly healing this kind of trauma and any kind of trauma is getting all the way to the inner child. And for me, that was the game changer.
0: Yeah, it's mostly the case. We go back to the inner child because that's the vulnerable part of us that has been wounded. And that is, has an effect throughout our entire life. That's really the way it is. And so when people come to you, are they aware that they're going to do inner child work? Or are, some of them are taken by surprise because some, some people have a harder time than others with that.
1: Yeah, no, that's a really good question. I mean, all of my, my sales copy, like my marketing and my social media and everything in my website is very clear about that. So if a person comes to me through that, then they they, they have an idea that that's what we're going to do. Like for instance, you know, I have a mastermind community and that's what everyone's in that community. They're, they're working through narcissistic trauma by reparenting their inner child and they're all transformation professionals. So they all know that's, they know when they come to me, that's what I do. And then I do also private sessions with some people as well, but they all know that's that's what they're coming to me for.
0: Um, how would someone um, like, because for parents, I always tell parents that if we don't heal our wounds, we're gonna bleed our wounds on our kids. And how would someone know that they were the victim of narcissistic trauma? Are there a few pointers that could lead them to explore that?
1: Absolutely. And, you know, on my website, I do actually have a quiz that people can take um, and I have a webinar and things. But just to like give you a quick, brief answer, I mean, um, the thing about narcissistic trauma is that some people don't understand what it is and they they have an idea of what it is and that isn't always that doesn't always represent like everyone that's experienced narcissistic trauma. Uh, but in general my my answer to that is that if you've experienced narcissistic trauma, um you probably have some of the signs like constant self-doubt and self-criticism, um hypervigilance, you know uh typically people with narcissistic trauma have hypervigilance they probably have some level of c p t s d and they're they have they have constant anxiety um, they have unhealthy boundaries they have an inability to say no they're people pleasers they have trouble with their own boundaries they have trouble understanding their own needs and putting their own needs first so they tend to have codependent patterns um, they have a lot of guilt and shame around like themselves and their relationships. um and then they tend in their business because I work with professionals yeah. that have their own business, they tend to have a lot of visibility issues and issues like putting themselves first, putting their business first and just putting themselves themselves out there and being visible because
0: that's so dangerous the inner child just
1: can't stand that,
0: yeah, because um um, I guess what I've seen with some clients of mine is when you were exposed, for example, to a parent who was a narcissist, being visible equal danger because if you were around and they switched on you, that could be dangerous. So of course, visibility could be an issue, I never actually thought about that. but, um, But hearing you talk, there are many symptoms or signs that are very common so in order to because when i heard you talk i said well, okay this i had this i had and is there a way that you could still have a combination of those um, symptoms or, or behaviors or or manifestations of the of uh triggers or of uh symptoms that and you were not exposed to, a, you don't have narcissistic trauma, if it's like a very low grade. Because sometimes I have a hard time. I hear a lot of people now, people throw the word narcissists so easily. And when yes. you read about psychology, it's not that, I mean, it's not always that. We all have narcissistic traits in us, but that doesn't right. mean we are narcissistic. So how is there a grade that determines uh, on those symptoms level or on those symptoms um, a frequency that determines that yes or no you you were traumatized.
1: No, I, I would say not. I would say my answer to that question is this. Okay, because somebody else asked me this once before in another uh, interview, and what what I say is like. Essentially, you can do a lot of research and you can look at, you can take quizzes and you can watch lots of YouTube videos and you might think, hmm, maybe, maybe that's me, maybe it's not. But essentially what I tell people you want to look at is uh, instead of trying to decide if someone's a narcissist in your life or do you have narcissistic trauma, look at like what's healthy in your life and what's not. So look at Um, your relationships, look at the dynamic. In the relationship because there's something called a narcissistic dynamic which is actually mm-hmm. different from someone being a narcissist because if you are in a narcissistic dynamic with an individual or a company or an entity that means you're you are participating in it yeah so you have to look at first of all just look at if is this a healthy dynamic in my relationship with someone or something and so the narcissistic dynamic itself is what causes the trauma to me that's my opinion I'm not a psychologist but that's my personal experience and with all my clients is that it's not necessarily that some person that's a narcissistic individual has abused you yes that can happen but it's how we're interacting with it that creates the trauma because it, it plays on our core beliefs that set us up to be in this pattern. So things like, you know, I'm not good enough. I can't make it on my own. You know, I'm not smart enough. You know, I can't have the things I want. I'm broken. Just these core, these deep shame core beliefs that we, we got them for whatever reason. It doesn't have to be because our parents were narcissists. It just could be that, right? There was an unhealthy family dynamic. But no, I don't think we should focus on that exactly. Okay. But focusing on what's healthy and what's not in relationships.
0: And and yes, I know. In the past, I used to coach women on because I used to be one of them on um, attracting this certain kind of love partner uh, partners where you had an unhealthy. I I I used to describe it as a tango dancing because. You need two dancers and if one stops dancing, the other one won't be able to continue the tango by himself. And so there was dysfunctional patterns on both sides and and definitely that created a very unhealthy dynamic where you you would get hurt. And especially when it's a length of time, it's one layer after another after another and then you end up in a really bad uh, bad shape.
1: This is this is actually why that exact thing you described is why the inner child is so important, because that person, that partner that's in that abusive relationship, their inner child is the one staying there. And it's there's a there's an actual addiction to the dynamic of the abuse. There's a chemical dependency and the inner child is the one that is trying to make that work because they're they're trying to change they're they're coming from the past right
0: yes they're trying to repair a wound through someone else and yes. of course it doesn't work but and and that's right i remember when i really put an end to that way of being and and functioning was when so i started doing inner child work on myself and one day i was really in the midst of a a relationship where I was suffering a lot and I literally remember realizing that the inner child was driving the bus it was Mm. the inner child reacting the inner child being triggered the inner child being afraid and I put a hand on my heart I will always remember that day and I told her you're okay you're safe I'm here and I really did that for a few minutes and everything calmed down and I was able to not only feel better, but see clearer. And from that point on, not abandon that part of myself. And she stopped acting out. It stopped being her driving the bus unconsciously. That's wow. so powerful. Yeah.
1: It is, that just just showing up and saying, I'm here, right? Attuning I'm to them and you're safe and you're with me now, right? That's it so powerful. Oh.
0: That is, and it's so simple, but we usually forget when we are in a crisis, we are we're on fight or flight mode, and we don't think. Um, so, how does do you have examples? Because I'm always very interested about the self work that we do and how it reflects on our. Either it can be you ha- you can be self employed, but even for moms who have a boss, that that pertains to that too yeah do you have examples of i would call them mini miracles even if they are not but something happening as a result of you doing inner child work with them in their professional milieu in a big way Mm,
1: yeah for sure i mean i can i like how are you talking about like case studies kind of like case studies yes yeah absolutely um I can share an example. I can probably think of an example of a couple of ones, like somebody that runs their own business and someone that actually is employed. Perfect. Okay, yeah. So um, one thing that I can think of specifically is that I did some inner child work with someone who's a coach. And she has been a coach for a long time. And she's very successful, like financially. She's got a lot of clients. You know, she's, she's out there. She's really visible. Um, and she she was you know basically running pretty high level and then she ended up her personal relationship ended up really just crashing and she realized that there was some toxicity there but then she ended up um like just kind of throwing herself into her work and just trying to move on and she got involved with a new person and this person which at the time she didn't know it she now understands, also was a narcissist. The the past boyfriend was a narcissist. This is a different one that shows up with kind of a different pattern. And she ended up getting drawn into this relationship with this person. And then her business just flatlined and she just couldn't figure out why. She wasn't, you know, she wasn't able to make anything happen. And her clients were disappearing and she ended up, you know, um, she ended up ending that relationship. And then she went back into her business, but she still couldn't get it to like get any traction again. She was really stuck. So we did some inner child work. And what happened was that she realized that she, because she was so powerful in her own business, right? She was showing up and she was the expert. But this, this boyfriend she had was sort of um, creating this like superiority, having a superior attitude towards her. And so her inner child was afraid to show up and like own her own expertise and be who she was. So she was sort of trying to dim herself down and shrink herself down when she was around this, this boyfriend. Wow, yeah. So even after they broke up, she was still experiencing this, this like pattern.
0: So <laughs> once
1: she was a child and she did some deep work and we did some reparenting inside some memories from the past, all of a sudden she was like, oh my gosh, she realized, you know, what had been happening. And she just had a breakthrough and she got back on track and started doing really well in her business.
0: Wow, yeah. And we don't always put one and one together and realize that uh, it comes from us in another area of our life, but everything is linked. And um, so do you have another example, maybe for someone who's not self-employed, but who would be um, an employee?
1: Yes. Yeah, so there was also another person I was working with that she actually was doing both. She like has a job and she was doing like a side hustle coaching business yeah. and she wanted to quit her job and, you know, obviously like full-time be in her business. Um. And I would consider when I think about like what was going on for her, I believe that her, her workplace had a very narcissistic culture. And oh, when cool. I say that, it's like, you see it sort of the similarities is that um when when you're being told one thing but that's not the truth like gaslighting in the workplace like oh work-life balance you know and take Mm -hmm. care of yourself but then you're afraid to to you know not be performing above expectations because there's this sort of an unspoken you know um unwritten kind of rule that if you're not high performing you could get cut
0: yeah and that's Based, right? That's very uh, that's very common in corporations and and places like that. Um, it, I I was just thinking when you're in a job like that, let's say there is a dynamic like that. Do you have to leave, or is there a way to, because you work on yourself to not participate in the dynamic and still be Feeling great and 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 still stay in the same job.
1: I think so. I mean, I tell people all the time that when you do that in inner work with your boundaries, and you can go to the inner child and basically you can clear the triggers, so that whatever's happening in your external world, um, you're not going to be responding to it with your inner child. Yeah. That doesn't mean that it's not if it's still unhealthy you would be making a decision to leave from the place of the adult because that's an empowered place. Not from the inner child has no power. So the inner child would be trying to run away or would be scared or be acting out of fear.
0: Yes. And it would be like reacting in a way that is not mature and not serving.
1: Yeah, because ultimately, if you decide, uh, actually, I'm worth... Being treated well, you know, I have value, you know, I I deserve to be treated with respect and, and to be valued for who I am as a person and not be objectified or seen as just a way, you know, for a company to just be producing. Um, you would eventually make the decision to find a different workplace where you were valued. But you can't do that until you have convinced your inner child that you have value
0: thinking about that, um, I had a client who was bullied by her superior. And we did some work on finding her own value and not letting the external world define her value. And she got to a point where she didn't even have to do anything because she knew that if she was getting up and leaving, her value would come with her and there is no reason she wouldn't find another job. And her superior superior literally stopped bothering her. It was like, if she didn't exist anymore, she went on to someone else. And so I guess that was maybe similar to that. I don't know if that was exactly the same dynamic of narcissist. uh, a narcissistic bo- a narcissistic dynamic but it was very interesting to watch very interesting yes.
1: i mean i think that 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 i i see that happen a lot is when you change your boundaries and you own your value the people around you if they if they're truly narcissistic they have a true like narcissistic personality disorder uh th- basically when they realize that they can't get from you anymore what they were getting from you they'll just ghost you leave you alone yeah you know they bully you a little but when they decide when they figure out they can't get their narcissistic supply they move on to someone else they can get it from
0: yeah um what i see with clients um is that some people have a hard time with the inner child connection or or when we work in with eft and i ask them to if they could connect, they can't even see her at all. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have a way, maybe, could we do a short tapping session to help them uh, overcome this this block, this block, blockage?
1: Yeah, absolutely. You can do that. And one thing I will also say is with clients that have discomfort with the concept of the inner child, um, actually, you can also just consider it the body. So if you just think of the inner child as the body, because that's where trauma lives. Yeah. Um sometimes that's easier for people to work if you're going to be working with them to con- to talk about it as though the body says this or the body feels that. Okay. So you can interchange the word inner child with body. Okay.
0: That's a that's a good
1: uh good advice. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So what we'll do is um we'll just do a real quick quick tapping session just on, you know, um releasing resistance. Yes. To connecting with the inner child so anyone that's just following along here if you want to tap with us what we'll do first is just take a minute and think about you know your inner child and what is the level of resistance that's coming up around that so if you if it makes you feel stressed or whatever feeling is coming up and just um, give it a, a rating so a sub level uh, zero to ten we'll just start with that so just we're going to tap on the side of the hand and everyone can just follow along And just take some breaths with me now. (sighs) So you get that number and set it aside. And then we'll just really simply start with a simple setup statement. So even though
0: I don't know how to connect with my inner child. Even though I don't know how to connect to my inner child.
1: I don't even know if I want to.
0: I don't even know if I want to. I accept myself anyway. I accept myself anyway, even though I don't know how to connect with my inner child. Even though I don't know how to connect to my inner child.
1: All this inner child stuff seems silly.
0: All this inner child stuff seems silly. I don't know if I even believe in this. I don't know if I even believe in this.
1: I Give myself permission to relax anyway.
0: I give myself permission to relax anyway.
1: Even though I have no idea how to connect with this inner
0: child. Even though I have no idea how to connect with this inner child. Seems so silly. Seems so silly. It seems so (laughs) seventies.
1: Seventies. Yeah, Uh, but part of me wants to. Part of me wants to. But I just don't know how. But I
0: just don't know how.
1: I love and accept myself anyway.
0: I love and accept myself anyway.
1: We're going to pe- go to the top of the head. This resistance. This resistance. Eyebrow. This resistance to the inner child. This resistance to the inner child. Side of the eye. It's so silly. It's so silly. I don't know about this stuff.
0: I don't know about this stuff. Under
1: the, We're under the eye right then. Under the nose. Part of me
0: wants to explore it. Part of me wants to explore it. On the chin.
1: Part of me thinks it's silly.
0: Part of me thinks it's silly. Collarbone. Part of me thinks I don't know how to do it. Part of me thinks I don't know how to do it. Under the arms. I need to know how to do things. I need to know how to do things.
1: Let's go to the side of the hand. If I don't know how to do it.
0: If I don't know how to do it.
1: If it's unknown.
0: If it's unknown. I don't want to do it, top of the head. I don't want to do it.
1: Eyebrow. I might not be good at it. I
0: might not be good at it. the eye, yeah, I need to be good at things. I need to be good at things. Mm, under the air. All this resistance. All this resistance. Under the nose. To the inner child. To the inner child
1: maybe i could let it go on the chin maybe i could let it go collarbone i might let it go
0: i might let it go under the arms maybe i'll do it maybe i'll do it side of the hand maybe i won't maybe i won't
1: top of the head either way it's my choice either way it's my choice eyebrow
0: i don't have to be good at it I don't have to be good at it. Side of the eye. Maybe I don't have to be good at it. Maybe I don't have to be good at it.
1: Under the eye. To give it a try. To give it a try. Under the nose. Maybe it can't hurt. Maybe it can't hurt. Under the chin. Maybe it's safe to give it a try. Maybe it's safe to give it a try. Collarbone. What if it helps?
0: What if it helps?
1: under the arms, what if I don't have to be perfect at it?
0: What if I don't have to be perfect at it?
1: Put your hands over your heart center. Take a deep breath. I love and accept myself just like this.
0: I love and accept myself just like this. Okay. That's, that's great. I, as as we were tapping, first of all, I was yawning a lot, which means release of energy for people if you start really uh, yawning. And then I was, thinking about it also helps your tapping also helps with the perfectionistic uh, tendencies that may be in in us and as we were tapping for people who listen in audio they won't know but the ones who were watching my cat i wanted my, my son to grab my cat before we recorded and it didn't happen and i was like <laughs> i'm tapping on this annoyance i'm sorry. so i was adding to it uh so i could it would, would Calm me down, also, because we can. One thing that is great with tapping is that even if someone is tapping on some something else, that's called borrowing benefits. You can yeah. tap on your own thing, and it will still help you, even even if you're not the guinea pig of the practitioner or something. In that case, I was the client, but yes, yeah,
1: absolutely. That is the beauty of the the work because the the body has intelligence. And it knows where to send the healing, right? It knows where to go. We don't necessarily have to know, you know. But it's, it's the tapping and and the language, you know, it's it's the intention.
0: Yeah, yes. it's it's amazing. And and uh, I'm sure that after this tapping, if people go back to the measuring their resistance to connecting to your, to their inner child, they will find that it it had opened. And even if it if it's only a crack. It's already an opening. So thank you yeah. for that. Thank You're you.
1: welcome.
0: Um, is there one thing that you would like people to do about reparenting the inner child? Because I know it's true for professional, it helps a lot, but it's true for all areas of our lives. Something that maybe you, you find yourself repeating to your clients over and over or something that is really important.
1: Yeah, I can think. Well, I can think of something that I think is important for people to know is people ask me a lot. How do I know that, you know, I need inner child work or how do I know that my inner child is getting triggered? And a really big sign of this is if you're having um, kind of an overreaction to something in your life, to someone or something, and it's, you know, it's not that big of a deal, like intellectually, but you're having this strong reaction to it. Um it's your inner child is getting triggered and i can give you an example actually because i was i was just okay it, i didn't get triggered but i was at the post office a couple weeks ago and i was trying to get a passport and i remember when i was at the desk and the postal worker was acting the way they were i was laughing inside because i was thinking if my inner child had a specific issue i would so be getting triggered by this postal worker right now but i realized that you know i wasn't so I was just like, okay, but it was funny because the postal worker was very um, kind of kind of rough and, and brusque, and they were they were very into the rules. And I didn't have everything the way it was supposed to be, and they were being really critical. And they were just like, oh, "This isn't right. And this is right, and you're going to lose your appointment. You're going to have to start over, and you shouldn't even have this." And blah blah blah. And I was like, whoa, you know. So I was imagining that if someone had had a inner child that was hypersensitive to criticism or not getting things right, you know, and being punished, that 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 person would probably be getting really flooded in that moment from this postal worker where you just all you're trying to do is get a passport. Right. Yeah.
0: So that's an it, example,
1: like an overreaction to something.
0: so that reminded me, actually, something happened to me also, like about a week ago, I was in a clinic going for a test and there was a lady you had to take a number with your your card and to to be called and she couldn't get the number from the machine and people were trying to help her and uh, including the clinic staff and she was like you don't have to yell at me and I was like why is she talking like that nobody's yelling at her and it happened several times from people who even a lady who was sitting next to me came to help her and her first thing he was like oh yeah let me let me be a, an idiot and the the woman was really trying to help her but she took it as I am an idiot and I was like oh my god if I could just teach her how to tap the, <laughs> no poor lady she was triggered right and left and nothing was happening really so it's so true yeah. you can see
1: you can see it in others really easily right because yeah. it's so obvious. To when it's happening to us it's, different. you know, it's hard, it's harder to detect. So but it becomes
0: easier. It becomes easier because we're less and less triggered. I mean, yes, um, I had a conversation a few days ago about someone that my friend and I know and I'm not triggered by what's going the dynamic between two other people because that's their dynamic and it doesn't really affect me, even though one of them is not behaving in a nice way that's between them and i feel being less and less triggered and i'm like sometimes i don't fit in society because people are getting offended way more easily and i'm like they're they're surprised that i'm not and it's yeah i'm I'm not it's
1: that's that is true that is a typical way like there's a way that people relate to each other and it's kind of based, I think it's based on like, when you said that, I think of the Cartman's drama triangle, you know, the Cartman's drama triangle, where you got the victim, rescue, or perpetrator triangle. Yes. And that's like a way of relating where you can only be in one of those positions at any time, right? So that sounds like if there's a dynamic between two other people, and then you're like, "Ooh, I'm not going to get in that drama triangle with you guys. Yes. And they're like, what's wrong with you? Why won't you yes. get in the drama triangle with yes. us? Yes. Sorry, that's not how I roll,
0: right? <laughs> yeah, not anymore, at least. And, and, and it's very freeing, but it's very funny to see people's reactions sometimes. It's really interesting.
1: Well, and the inner child doesn't honestly doesn't know how to get out of the triangle because typically in, in their childhood, they were in the triangle yeah. all the time, family members, and, and they were probably in one role a lot. So then in their adulthood, they end up in that role over and over again in that triangle and in their workplace and in their relationships and everywhere so when you become aware of it that is the freeing part of it is you step out of that triangle and you just get to be authentically yourself and you let everybody else handle their problems
0: (laughs) and then you have to tap on your reaction to people judging you for not reacting because that's a thing too yes it's very
1: funny yeah, because what happens is you find out who really wants to be in an emotionally healthy relationship with you and who does not. Yes. yes. And that's their choice because that's what boundaries are. Boundaries are like, this is how I am in relationships and this is what I want. These are my needs. And then if they cannot comply with that, then that's not your problem. Like their reaction to your boundary is not your issue.
0: Which, by the way... Um... I always tell my, I, I was speaking with my daughter a few days ago. She's, she's uh, 26. And we were talking about disappointing people because if you start being yourself and putting boundaries for yourself and being healthy, you're going to deal with people being disappointed because that's not <laughs> what they expect of you. And you're going to feel really guilty. And I told her that's, it doesn't mean that you should go back to your old habits. It just needs to be You need to live in the uncomfortable feeling long enough until your brain realizes that, first of all, it's not the end of the world to feel uncomfortable when you know you're you're doing what's healthy for you. And second of all, there's not even a need for that guilt anymore. And and I, I know that at the beginning when we change, it's uncomfortable because we feel that guilt and we feel it's not familiar the way we are we're behaving and their reaction so i think we need to be able to hang on long enough in that period of time yes. until it becomes the new normal
1: yeah in my master course we call that the healing container so that's okay. like one of the modules is like you know as you're working on the you get you get together a plan around your boundaries and then you put it in place and you get in the healing container and that's like where so you set the boundaries and you get in there and then guess what? You're in there all by yourself. And then that internal guilt and shame comes up and then you have to deal with your internal issues, yes. but yes. you have to get, you have to get inside the container first because you're so distracted by all of this stuff on the outside. You can't turn within. And so you, you get surprised about what's in there because then you find out, wow, I've internalized a bully and a critic and all kinds of mean people living in here. Bullying me all the time. Oh, you yeah.
0: have to release that, right? I I see the bully, well, still within me sometimes. But in in uh, in moms a lot, they're so hard on themselves. It's heartbreaking, and and we don't realize that it's just a part of ourselves and it's not the truth. And we don't have to do that. To, we would never do that to someone else. Never, never. That's,
1: yeah. There, yeah, that's a cop that is common. The people that they bully themselves, but they would never behave that way to others. But somebody did it to them. Yes, and instead, yes. and what happens is, and this is this is really common, is instead of holding that person accountable for that because they couldn't, they turn it towards themselves, and that's how they're dealing with it.
0: Yes, and children do that very well. Uh, make themselves. The, the guilty one the one who created that
1: they take on the responsibility for what their parents couldn't
0: yes. handle the,
1: the responsibility of the parent or the caregivers to you know to keep them safe they they didn't do it and then they took that responsibility on and then they they said okay it's my responsibility now and and they turn on themselves
0: yes very very often um Before we we go, where can people find you?
1: Yeah, so um, you can visit my website. It's just www.nicoanandjean.com. And um, I've got all kinds of free resources. I've got a YouTube channel. A couple ways you can work with me. I have an on-demand workshop for EFT professionals. And it's uh, Reparenting Your Inner Child with EFT. And then I also have uh, the mastermind community that I mentioned, um, where you can come in and join. And we're all working, releasing narcissistic trauma by reparenting
0: the inner child. And do you also do one on ones
1: or? I do. I do some. I have a limited amount of time. I have a very small private practice, but I also do private work as well.
0: Thank you for being with us today. And of course, I will put all those links in the description of the episode so people can uh, check it out and connect with you. Thank, um, you. thank you for being here today. I think reparenting the inner child is crucial. We would live in a much better world if we all did that. And um, it needs to get out there. I mean,
1: Absolutely. I, I totally agree with you. Thank you for having me.
0: And until I see you again either solo or with another guest, go work on your inner child. (laughs) Bye. If you like this podcast, please subscribe and review us on iTunes, Spotify, or any other platform of your choice. Hello, I'm Dr. Stephen Farber, and I'm an author, teacher, psychotherapist, and shamanic practitioner. On my podcast, Healing for Your Soul, I welcome some amazing guests and introduce you to some healing techniques like earth magic, working with nature and animals, and really getting to the heart of what is keeping you stuck. I want to help you deepen your spirituality and let go of blocks that are holding you back. Let me help you in this journey called life. Part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network Subscribe and follow wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss an episode.